Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us. John and I had a very interesting weekend running up I-29 to Sioux Falls so that we could see Augustana and Omaha play both here in Omaha and in Sioux Falls. John, how are you feeling getting back from that trip? I'm glad to be back from the trip. Uh, It was fun, but I will tell you this last week, as listeners of the podcast know, we went out to DU last week and that uh, two-game series lasted three days. So I was tired from that and it was a busy week for us. We had a client project going on all week this week. And before we talk about any games, we've got to uh, get a mention for our merchandise sponsor on the podcast uh, this season, Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Uh, It's the holiday season. Uh, A great gift for the Mav fan in your life is some new apparel because all Mav fans can use new apparel. I can use new apparel. Jason can use new apparel. It's Uh, Christmas time. It's Christmas time. So uh, be sure to check out LawlersCustom.com for the gear. You can check out their brick and mortar store um, on 84th Street uh, here in Omaha. If you want to go browse in person, Uh, the next home series won't be till December 8th and 9th at Baxter Arena. They will be on the road this upcoming week. So so if you can't wait, uh, be sure to check them out uh, at their store or online. But... uh, Looking at the Augustana series that you mentioned, uh, Augustana, as we mentioned last week, a brand new program in its inaugural season. Uh, This, of course, the first time UNO uh, has played them. Uh, Because they're so close to us, they're the closest Division I team to Omaha. Uh, I think fans are hoping that this becomes an annual occurrence uh, playing the Augustana Vikings. Uh, going into this game, it was Matt Miller's 100th game, uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, it hardly seems like he's been around uh, that long, Jason. Uh, going into that first period, we had high hopes for this series. You referred to this as a trap series, Jason. How are you feeling going into the Friday game? Well, like I said last week, you know, I'm, I'm worried about it because on paper we should beat them, uh, but... As you pointed out many times, you know, a startup program like this in the current structure for NCAA sports, uh, you know, they can build a more competitive team than teams have in the past. Uh, you know, you, with the with the transfer portal and stuff, you've got a lot of of fifth year guys. You have a lot of seniors, you know, and and that that gives you a team that's going to be tough to play against. Do you figured that out? the hard way and and you're always worried that that UNO just isn't prepared that they're looking through to the following weekend with the Luth and going on the road there you had just gotten through the series with DU you know not even accounting for the oddities that happened and so this was a this was a classic game for for kind of a letdown for UNO um and so yeah I was I was nervous going in yeah, I was to uh, a game on Black Friday right after Thanksgiving. Uh, certainly the festivities for that can be a distraction. Uh, but 2-14 into the first period, sophomore Ray Fust gets the scoring started, puts UNO up one to nothing. Uh, he tapped that puck in front of the crease there. Um, 
good position for UNO to be in the first, and UNO held that one to nothing lead uh, throughout the uh, rest of the first period and the second period. There wasn't any scoring again until the third period when uh, Jacob Slipic puts UNO up two to nothing. Assists to Roll Wagon and Mancini. Uh, second period was a real nerve wracker. Uh, you know, Augustin I thought played way better in in the second period than they had in the first. Omaha really dominated and controlled play. Uh, we really had the opportunities to be up more than one, and it kind of was starting to feel like, you know, this is a team that you let hang around. They're only down by a goal. Something funky happens, and then, you know, a, a late last minute something or other and and suddenly omaha loses their home game on a back-to-back uh slipex goal in the third you know you start to feel a little bit like you feel like you can breathe just a little bit because you've got that tiny bit of wiggle room but with 10 minutes left in the third like you're not safe with a team that's been playing better and honestly played better than omaha in the third um you kind of just felt like if they get if they get a good opportunity, it's probably going to go in the net. Um, and unfortunately, that's what happens on the power play in the third. Uh, they pull within one with about five minutes left. And, you know, Omaha really struggled to gain anything when they pulled the goaltender. Um, it was it was just kind of slodged to the end. But, you know, we come out of it with a one goal win and kind of collectively sigh or breath of relief. Yeah, definitely too close for comfort. Great for UNO to get the win. Um, Great position for UNO to be in uh, starting that series. Uh, You know, like we said uh, in our our little post-game wrap-up that we did uh, in the lobby that uh, Bridget posted to Twitter, a win is better than a loss. So, You'll take it any way you can get it at this point in the season against a non-conference foe. Um, As you alluded to earlier, Saturday, the game was in Sioux Falls. Uh, A number of us drove up for the game. Uh, This was kind of nice. It's been a long time since since we've had a road game where there have been a lot of UNO fans in attendance. I know that uh, over the years when UNO has played a regular season game up in Mankato, we've gotten fans for that, but it, it's been a while. Uh, it was nice. It makes you wish you were uh, wish you were located uh, closer to more uh, D1 hockey schools. Uh, Seth Isley got the start in net on Saturday night. Nice to see him get, uh, get some playing time in this series. Uh, 4-12 into the first period on Saturday night. Uh, Victor Mancini, who has uh, proven himself an offensive threat this season, puts UNO up one to nothing. I was a good tone setter early uh, for UNO uh, at the Sanford Center, Jason. Yeah, the shot was from outside of the offensive zone. It was just, it was one of those goals you don't expect to go in. Uh, you know, I talked to to some of the fans that were there. They asked about that one. I said, you know, it's it's a it's a really strange goal because if your plan was just to dump it in and you 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 get a goal out of it, like usually what you're trying to do is you're trying to land that puck right around the top of the crease, so it takes a funny bounce that the goalie doesn't have a lot of time to react to. Um, a lot of the times that you see those kind of odd uh, area zone goals, uh, that's usually kind of how they happen. Um, but it was a laser. Like he must have like seen something and thought like, oh yeah, I can pick a top corner from outside the blue line. Like 
I'm Victor Mancini. I can do stuff like that. Absolutely. Apparently, uh, Mancini has been uh, listening to all of us talk about uh, the fact that there are a lot of offensive defensemen on this team. And he decided to get in on the act because he's uh, he's uh, doing his best forward impression this uh, season. Uh, as Yeah, of o- overtime game winning goal and then uh, <laughs> pulling his best NHL defenseman uh, shoot from everywhere kind of uh, mentality. That's absolutely right. Uh, so UNO up one to nothing, and then eleven thirty nine into the first period, uh, sophomore Tyler Rollwagon puts UNO up two to nothing. Uh, assist to Charlie Lurie. Charlie Lurie's first game action uh, as a Maverick. Nice to see the freshman uh, freshman forward uh, get in there. Two to nothing after that first period, Jason. Good position for UNO to be in. I thought they played really well during that first period. Uh, they did, yeah. Uh, I actually think I think their first period Friday night was probably better, but this was, you know, right up there with that. And we've talked about it before. This team, I think they play the best when they have that, when they get out and can get some rhythm going, uh, get some momentum in the first, try to get some opportunities, even if they don't go in. Um, they had a lot of opportunities in the first that were quality scoring chances uh, that that just, you know, pucks wide. Uh, I know um, Mueller had one, uh, just a really good cut move to the inside that he shot wide. Um, they worked really well on on breaking down the box and and getting the puck to the that middle zone where they have the best opportunity to score. So that was that was great to see in the first. Uh, and to, to come out where they were, not give up a lot of, you know, really great opportunities because uh, you're always going to give up some. Um, they had to be feeling good in the locker room going into the second. But the second doesn't start the way we kind of want it to. Uh, that became, a, I don't know, the refs apparently decided that they were bored. I don't know. That was a lot of penalties called. A lot of weird, like we had four on three at one point in time, which you don't see very frequently. And it's just a strange game when you have to start kind of managing all that. Um, guys start sitting on the bench that, that you know, are not getting ice time because they're not on the PK or the power play. And then they, 19 minutes into the period, they get their first shift. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely threw off the flow in the game. Uh, 409 into the second period, Augustana's Luke Mobley uh, puts the Vikings on the board, narrows that lead to two to one. Uh, we talked about Mobley on last week's episode of the Mav podcast. Uh, UNO led two to one at that point, but it was any anybody's game. And then 80 seconds later, uh, senior Jimmy Glenn puts UNO up three to one. Uh, Glenn epitomizes that lunch pail type of player that uh, coach Gabinette loves a hardworking, good attitude. Um, it was his 100th game on Saturday night as a Mav. So we're just celebrating all kinds of uh, milestones here for you. UNO, uh, Jason, I'll be interested to see who's uh, going to get their hundredth uh, game next. So the scoring wasn't done there. Uh, 13, 12 into the second defenseman, Jacob Gavin, Gets a power play goal and puts the Mavs up four to one. UNO's up four to one going out of that second period. Really a good position for them to be in going into the third. Yeah, and you saw something on the power play. You saw something four on four, which, you know, is good. But especially that power play goal, 
Uh, that's something we've talked about. You know, their power play didn't look great on Friday. Um, you're really looking for them to kind of start capitalizing on that before teams start figuring out that you can just take penalties against Omaha. It's not going to hurt you. Um, so we really need to, you know, need to see that and, um, you know, getting the defensemen involved. That's all good things for UNO. Um, plus having, having that three goal lead, you know, you've just got that kind of uh, breathing room that we talked about that you didn't have on Friday. Um, so you can, you know, roll lines a little bit more, gives guys some playing time. Um, so, yeah. And, and you just kind of cross your fingers and hope that the third period is not the parade to the penalty box that the second was. UNO held that four to one lead throughout and nearly all of that third period. And uh, they added to it uh, late in the last two minutes, 1851 into the third, Jack Randall uh, gets a shorthanded goal, an empty net goal for UNO. Oddly enough, Augustana scored uh, in the closing seconds uh, to narrow the lead back uh, back to three goals. Uh, the game ended five to two for UNO, but a good showing on the road. I think the players really enjoyed uh, having some fans in attendance on the road. Uh, but uh, Jason, your final thoughts. I thought this home and home series, first series uh, ever with Augustana, was really good for UNO. I thought it was a great kind of tone setter going into the uh, two NCHC series we're playing the next uh, two weekends uh, before the holiday break. Yeah, you're feeling good. You know, we've talked about you have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And so far this season, Omaha has been able to do that. They stole a game against a, a what I would say is a better DU team, um, certainly higher ranked at the time. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's kind of the recipe for success through, through the rest of the season is, you know, beat the teams you're supposed to beat and find ways to steal a game here and there from other teams. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the breakdown about next week and then we've got uh, St. Cloud series to, to look at before, you know, a break coming in. And so um, UNO's put themselves in, in a good position to make a run at something. Um, they just got to, they got to finish it out and they know they have to work on stuff. Like, uh, you know, I know that the coaches are still probably sitting there saying like, okay, so, you know, we got one, but honestly, like we were one for six on the weekend. That's not a power play that's going to get us through the NCHC. And one for six against Augustana is not, you know, you can't expect to go one for six against Denver or North Dakota. They play a better system. They're going to be more active. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a more, like the group's been together longer, so they know what they're going to do. Um, so that's not like, they've got to find a way to do better. And I'm sure they'll continue to work on that. But at least at least you're in a good position right and then we can start working on you know what comes next how do we build and get better absolutely right have to keep working uh, on special teams going forward but we have to talk about our players of the week uh jason who did you like this week uh, for that home and home augustana series uh there's there's quite a bit to like from a, a lot of guys um i don't think we've we've talked about him too much on the podcast but i thought jacob gavin was was a real solid aspect for us i think his penalty was soft i don't know how a ref calls that like i mean i get if you like if you really interfere with the guys but like I that was just a weak call in my book, so I'm not going to hold that against him and say that like 
his, you know, his goal, his shots, he didn't have a ton that were blocked. A lot of his shots were getting through. Uh, and so I've liked his play this season and, and I really liked it again this weekend. Absolutely right. One of those uh, offensive defensemen from Quebec, along with uh, Joe LeMay that we, uh, that we've uh, chatted about uh, over the uh, last uh, couple seasons uh, on this podcast. Uh, those two players were both uh, definitely pleasant surprises uh, on the blue line coming in last season. So uh, one goal and five assists for Gavin this season. I like that pick. I like how Jason uh, tries to go off the board uh, with his picks. Uh, I'm going to go with a little bit more obvious pick. I've got to go with sophomore forward. Uh, Tyler Rollwagon had one goal and two assists on the weekend, two goals and four assists this season. He didn't get a lot of playing time uh, as a freshman, uh, so it's nice to see some of those guys that uh, didn't become household names uh, for Maverick fans starting to do well and starting uh, to kind of rise to the top, uh, and he's a player that uh, I've been uh, impressed with so far this season. We need uh, some of these uh forwards to step up uh, as the uh, season progresses here and as we uh, get into conference play. So great picks. It'll be interesting to see how both Rollwagon and Gavin do in the next couple of weeks. Turning to our things you miss at Baxter Arena and Sioux Falls. Tell you what, that's just that does not flow off. Uh, that does not <laughs> flow off the tongue like things you missed at Baxter Arena. Um, too many words <laughs> absolutely right jason uh you and know we can call this series things you missed at the rink this week UNO on uh, Friday night at Baxter Arena honored hockey color commentator Terry Leahy for his 1,000th broadcast with the program. I thought the neat thing uh, was that they got tributes from past play-by-play guys who worked alongside Terry on the radio broadcasts, and I was excited to see uh, the original play-by-play man for UNO hockey, Greg Harrington, uh, who was from Minnesota, who would commute Uh, to UNO during uh, the early years of the program. It was great to hear from him. I had wondered what happened uh, with Greg. Bridget and I have become friends with Terry uh, over the last 26 years. It's been really fun to watch uh, his career with UNO uh, hockey in that time. Uh, He started off with KFAB, which was the entity that originally broadcast the UNO hockey games. And then he he switched to KCAR, who did the games. And Terry did not work for KCAR, so he actually had to switch radio stations and switch jobs during that time but he's been with them through various radio stations. Uh, They were on the classical radio station from UNO, KVNO for a time. Uh, Really, really good guy. Lots of interesting anecdotes. Uh, Terry is an Omaha guy through and through. Went to uh, Omaha Knights games at Exarvin Coliseum uh, in his youth. And uh, I love his, uh, his enthusiasm, his anecdotes, and just his passion for this program. And uh, it's evident on the broadcast, Jason. I've enjoyed meeting him. Obviously, you've been around him a lot longer than I have. Um, but he's always been someone who seems to have a, a strong connection to the community. Um, and honestly, as a fan, like I just appreciate him being able to share the game with everyone. And, you know, the people that can't make it can listen. And that's a that's a special thing. And to have someone as talented as he is uh, behind the microphone to kind of deliver the action that's happening and 
And that I think is just uh, we're we're a lucky group of of fans here. Yeah, when you consider the sort of typical turnover and churn uh, in the media world, it's uh, it's a rarity to have somebody who has the institutional memory that Terry has uh, still uh, still uh, offering a color commentary uh, on the radio broadcast. Uh, UNO also honored NCHC official Joe Sullivan. It was his final game officiating in college hockey. So uh, it was kind of cool that it could be at Baxter Arena. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on that? It was kind of a neat little uh, presentation uh, that was done uh, after uh, the game concluded. Yeah, that was First for me, I've never seen them do anything for for referees. I, I think, you know, referees kind of bounce around. They'll take a lot of jobs just to you know be on the ice and and call a game. And and so to see someone kind of committed to the conference, I think, you know, that was that was something that was special. It was really cool to see, uh, you know, when he was done with the presentation after the game, like he had gone through and shook hands with the uh, Augustana players and um, and that. And then when he had come through the Omaha group, like a lot of them were, um, you know, more than just like a fist bump and, and on your way kind of thing. Like they were talking to him, they were saying something to him, which I can only imagine is, you know, thanks for everything over the years kinds of things and stuff. So, uh, you know, I think we forget about that. Like we think of coaching and we think of, of players and their longevities and their streaks and their accomplishments, but you know, you don't realize that there's these referees that as much as we give them, give them crap for, <laughs> for missed calls or calls they make and everything on the, on the podcast and, and as fans in the arena and stuff, uh, you know, they're, they're giving us their time and they're making sure that the players are safe and everything that they go through. And um, so as a fan, like I appreciate them, you know, blessing us with their time. Absolutely. Right. And like you said, this was not something I had seen before, so uh, pretty cool, uh, and we wish him all the best in his future endeavors. Turning to the uh, game up at Sioux Falls, uh, as you're well aware, Jason, because we texted you guys, you guys left a little bit later than we did, so you didn't run into this, but we left around noon on Saturday to go up to uh, Sioux Falls. Uh, Sioux Falls about three hours from Omaha for those who are wondering. The weather was really touch and go uh, between Omaha and Sioux City. We ran into snow, there was ice, there were cars off the road, there were accidents. Um, Brent Bean, one of our fellow UNO fans, he's at OMAVS Hockey on Twitter. He said on Twitter that he and his wife, Alexis, almost bailed 10 minutes into the trip because of the uh, slick weather. They didn't want to have to deal with that, but they were patient uh, as they were headed north on I-29 and they got to the games. Uh, Unlike you guys, we decided since there was all of us there, it was a big group, we were just going to get in the car after the game and, and make the trick back to Omaha, the three hours back, you know, it definitely easier with a six o'clock start up there instead of a seven o'clock start. So um, we got back right around midnight, but um, it was, I would say like weather and road wise is probably worse for us coming back than it was going up. Um, but like you said, we didn't drive through the weather. We kind of drove through the aftermath of the, the weather. 
we stayed at the uh, Sheraton, which uh, is attached uh, to the Denny Sanford Premier Center. So Bridget arranged for group tickets uh, with the Denny Sanford Premier Center. She uh, thought it would be fun if as many fans as possible sat together. We did uh, a sale of those uh, on MapPuck.com. We uh, promoted it uh, on Twitter uh, in our Facebook group and on this uh, podcast, uh, we had a group of 40, which I thought was great for a number of fans. It was their first road game. Pretty cool. Uh, the last time Bridget arranged for group tickets was uh, on the uh, mapbook.com bus trip out to Colorado uh, College in 2012. So it was nice to go uh, and sit with a large group of UNO fans. Bill Pickett, Director of Spirit, Tradition, and Signature Events at UNO, brought a, a bus of 30 students up there. Jason, what did you think about sitting with that group of UNO fans that were assembled at uh, at the Sanford Center for that uh, Saturday night game? I, I loved it. I love sitting with other fans and, um, you know, over the years and stuff at, at different teams that I followed and that there's always usually a fan group that you can kind of you get to know people and you start sitting together, you know, much like we do at, at Baxter. Um, you know, I like being near people, but it, it is a different experience when you're on your road, you're all packed in there to a, to a group of uh, seats. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, I think the players really like they took to that. They noticed that uh, I noticed after they went through the handshake line, uh, you know, a few of them uh, a nod up to, to the, the area of fans where the students and, uh, cause the students were right kind of next to us in the same section. Uh, you know, they, I think they really appreciated us, uh, making the trek up and, and showing our support for them. And, uh, I just appreciate, you know, hanging out with other people who are passionate about what Omaha is doing with hockey and what the team's doing and, you know, are interested in things. And so good conversations had, um, definitely some, some new friendships made and that's a, that's always a good thing. The more times that we can make it out to support the guys on the road, uh, I think it makes a huge, huge difference uh, and illustrates uh, what a great fan base uh, that we have. Uh, looking at the arena itself, Jason, looking at some of the uh, amenities that they offer and some of the uh, logistical things that they have in the arena, grab and go concessions. We were talking about this during the game. They have a number of grab and go concession stands. One of the items that they sell at the grab-and-go concession stands was a self-serve popcorn. They have self-serve checkout at the stands as well. But uh, Bridget got your daughter, Maddie, a, a bucket of popcorn, which was $6. What do you think of those grab-and-go stands? I know that UNO has started to dabble in this a little bit. They have a kind of a grab-and-go kind of a place where you can get beer uh, at Baxter Arena. But what did you think about the uh, offering uh, up at the Sanford Center with uh, various uh, food items as well. I see a lot of teams going that direction. Uh, other, you know, college teams that we've been to, we've seen that. Uh, but also NHL games that I've attended, a lot of those are going to um, more of those, particularly like the easy stuff, the canned beer. Like that's the, I say low hanging fruit. Like that's the easy thing that you put up coolers and you stock them and, you know, people just come up, grab what they want and, and move on and it seems to make it flow pretty well um you know but i've seen other arenas that have converted their uh their traditional stands into you know kind of grab and go where the the cooking staff the concession staff work behind the 
the warmers and you just, you know, grab what you want and check yourself out kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm interested to see, I'd, I'd be interested to see numbers from an OMA perspective, because as you mentioned, we have set up one of those. Um, if it's changed either perception of fans, what you guys all think, uh, people listening to that stuff, like do you, do you use it? Are you interested in it? Um, I'm a bit more of a draft guy, so I typically skip a lot of those things. Um, but I'm curious if people like it. Um, and I'm curious if it changes the the economics of it. Um, you know, if they're they're selling more or something going through it. Um, but it is kind of nice. I think the pricing is the biggest thing. I mean, we've talked about pricing at other arenas and stuff. And uh, Omaha concessions are actually pretty pricey to everything else that we see. Uh, and the popcorn was a clear example with... Uh, you know, that that popcorn thing was at least the size of Omaha's and half the cost. Yeah, exactly. There's been a lot of uh, chatter in our Facebook group about uh, the concession prices this season. Certainly popcorn, because it's such a popular item being a big one. Uh, Baxter Arena, it's in that uh, it's right around twelve dollars. Uh, right, Jason? Uh, I think, yeah, like eleven or twelve bucks is, is what I've. Yeah, told. right. Yeah, right in that range. Um, I love the grab-and-go uh, concept, uh, especially since uh, we're dealing with a situation, for example, at Baxter Arena, where they aren't accepting cash for concessions anymore. Uh, I think this makes a lot of sense going forward. I'll be interested to see how this evolves uh, at arenas and sporting venues uh, around the country going forward. So yeah, I thought that was very, very interesting. Um, one of the things that all of us missed uh, at uh, the games up in Sioux Falls were cowbells because cowbells were not allowed in the arena. Um, they told nor us were signs, it, nor were signs. Um, we were informed with the cowbells that there was an NCAA rule, not allowing cowbells. I, I would have honestly preferred if they had just said that it was an arena policy that they didn't allow artificial noisemakers like that i think it would have gone over better because i doing my due diligence for this podcast had to look up the ncaa rules on noisemakers and i found them and they were revised in 2019 and i am looking right now at the uh, specific line item for ice hockey and it says spectators are not permitted to use artificial noisemakers air horns, or electronic amplifiers while the game is in progress. And the band shall not be allowed to play while the game is in progress. So you can't use them while the game is in progress, but the NCAA does not say anything, Jason, about using cowbells while there is a break in play. Right. And I mean, when they, when they said, when I was told that they said it was an NCAA rule, I was like, nah, <laughs> like there's way too many teams that are violating that rule for that to be the rule. And like, and no one noticed that all of these teams have cowbells and noisemakers and clackers. And I, I, I don't know what they're, I, I guess, I don't know, new program. I think they just like, let's just, get people in and know what the the customs are in college hockey and what we should and shouldn't do before we let them have them, I guess. I don't know. 
obviously they haven't hosted uh, an NCAA uh, hockey team on a game by game basis throughout the season there. Um, They've obviously hosted like the summit league basketball championships. So, you know, for things like that, you know, conference championships or, you know, NCAA regionals, NCAA tournament, things like that. Obviously the rules might be different for those events, but uh, on a game by game basis, we see noisemakers used, Uh, across the world of college hockey the ticket taker on the way in when we asked about it he did say well you know they're building their own arena so they won't have to deal with this kind of stuff uh in the future so so maybe it's just a a sanford center type of thing so i thought that was interesting i i feel like we're violating all kinds of rules at baxter arena but don't change it kind of experience is this if we're gonna like take all this stuff out of the game i think that's kind of I mean, the noisemaker things, the cowbells and stuff, I'm like, yeah, shush, whatever, right? Like, fine, well, you I- want to play that game, whatever. Um, I think it's stupid, but I like, okay, I can see the other side of that. Like, I can see why. The sign thing blows my mind. Because I'm like, I don't know anywhere else that says, no, you can't bring your signs in. And the players all love them. We've heard from players in the past that, you know, are the signs that our daughters made and stuff that they, you know, really appreciated those. And it was always a cool thing when they saw, you know, their name on a sign and things like that. But I'm telling you, like, if someone's bringing in something the size of a, a you know, small poster board kind of thing, like, that's just, it's part of the atmosphere. You gotta, you gotta join the group or just get out of the way. The last thing we want to do is uh, make sporting events uh, into a, uh, into kind of a boring corporatized affair. So, uh, so yeah, cowbells, signs, Jason and I, of course, are proponents of them. And we've got to talk about our upcoming series at Minnesota Duluth at Amsoil Arena. Looking at this series, uh, Duluth is three, seven, and three overall, certainly not the start that they were looking for. 0-4 in conference play so far. Uh, they got swept by North Dakota in Duluth and uh, swept at St. Cloud. Uh, they had uh, Thanksgiving weekend off. Uh, I reached out to uh, one of the big uh, Minnesota Duluth hockey fans uh, that uh, we follow and interact with on Twitter, Biddy, uh, whose uh, handle on Twitter is at Bidco. Uh, to get his impression of the team. He's talked about how they've struggled to score this season, uh, which has been more evident since they lost uh, the motor of the team, as he referred to him, Dominic James. Uh, Dominic was uh, injured uh, during the Northern Michigan series, so certainly uh, missing a a veteran forward like that's going to make a big difference. He thought that they would be stronger than they are, but, Jason, Minnesota Duluth is ranked first uh, in the NCAA on the power play. This is a young team, nine sophomores, four freshmen. So it's definitely a work in progress uh, for Scott Sandlin. Uh, and those who aren't familiar with uh, Coach Sandlin, he has been uh, with Minnesota Duluth since the Clinton administration. He is 447, 375, and 98. They've won multiple national championships under him. Jason, what do you think going into this series? I think it's tougher than you might think. You know, UNO's got wins in the conference. UNO's got a a better overall record. UNO's got a better last 10. You know, there's a lot of things that people look at as a team kinds of things that that you think, oh, yeah, you know, Duluth is having a, a down year. That's the key. Like, they're just, they're not feeling it right now. 
Um, but this is perennial, like a team that just kind of finds a way to get into a tournament and then wins it. You know, they've done that in the NCHC. They did that in the NCAA tournament where they go in as a lower seed and find a way to win. Uh, so if UNO is going to have success this season, this is an opportunity to pick up six points that that I think at the start of the season when you were mapping things out, you probably thought, best case scenario, we split this. So this is a chance to get points where you didn't think you were going to get points. Um, but it's not going to be easy. They still have quality goal scorers. You mentioned the power play. We've had problems, you know, playing a clean game. All the more reason to do that. They've got 17 power play goals as a whole. Um, we cannot be taking bad penalties. We need to limit those, um, you know, maybe two or three opportunities in a game is what you're looking at here to give yourself a realistic chance. Um, and we've got to we've got to perform better five on five and on power play five on four. Um, without that, UNO is not going to stand much of a chance. Uh, it's a well-coached team. You mentioned his record. He's got more wins, more losses than a lot of NHL coaches have total games coached. Um, so it, we really need to get out there and just, uh, you know, play like we did, like we talked about with Augustana League. Get out, have a really good first period. You get a lot of opportunities first period. Hope that you can get out there with a multi-goal lead um, and then adjust on things that are not working and, and keep pedal to the metal against these guys. Absolutely right. Uh, some players to watch. Sophomore forward Ben Steves has seven goals and six assists on the season. He was one of the top rookies in the NCHC last season. Grad student forward Quinn Olson has two goals and 10 assists this season. And then looking uh, at both of their goaltenders, uh, Matthew Thiessen has a .898 save percentage and a 3.5 goals against average. And then Zach Stasekal. save percentage and a 3.17 goals against average. Neither goaltender uh, has been spectacular this season. Uh, But like you said, Jason, this is one of those series that uh, is a potentially dangerous series for UNO. There's also an opportunity for UNO to get some valuable conference points, but uh, we got to be careful about being the team that, uh, that uh, UMD turns it around against this season. Cause that very well could happen up at uh, Amsoil arena. Jason, I've got to ask you, what's your pick for this weekend? Do you think UNO will get a rare sweep on the road in the NCHC? Do you think they'll get swept? Do you think uh, the series will be a split? I think that Duluth wins Friday. I think they're going to come out and they're going to try to make a statement of this. Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout. I think it'll be pretty close, but I think they find a way to win to just kind of feel like, uh, you know, they've gotten, they've gotten what they need and they're on the right trajectory. And then I think UNO takes Saturday uh, on the bounce back and say like, we split it. And, you know, it's, it's not opportune. I think, you know, we have, we'll have an opportunity to win both games. um, And that really will help us a ton if we can, but I think realistically we probably split this series. I think that's a great pick. And I agree with you on that pick. I think UNO uh, will uh, drop that uh, Friday night game. Uh, I Like you said, I think uh, this is a well-coached team. Uh, there is a lot of talent on the team, albeit young talent. And uh, as you mentioned, they're going to look at this as the start uh, of the uh, second half of the season. Uh, so I think they'll be ready to play. I think UNO loses Friday. I think we win on Saturday nights. I think uh, it'll be fascinating to see. 
Uh, the games this weekend, the Friday game is 7.07 p.m. Central Time. Uh, you can listen to that game uh, on 1290 Coil. Terry Leahy, who we talked about earlier, will be doing uh, the color commentary. And Mike Valencourt, uh, our new play-by-play guy this year, who's been doing a great job, uh, will have the call uh, on both the games this weekend. So, as I mentioned, Friday, 7.07 p.m. Central Time. Saturday, 5.07 p.m. Central Time. So a little bit earlier uh, than we're used to. Uh, you can watch uh, both of the games on NCHC TV. Jason, I have not watched any of the games uh, that UNO has been in on NCHC TV this season uh, because uh, we've been at all the road games so far this season, Jason. <laughs> that that ends this weekend, right? <laughs> you never know where you might see us on the road uh, when it comes to the UNO Mavericks, uh, so we'll see. But we encourage fans, uh, as always, uh, if you're following along with the game, to follow Mav Puck uh, on Twitter because Bridget will be doing game updates uh, throughout the game. Always fun to have uh, that little extra dose of information. We encourage you to listen to back episodes of the Mav Puck cast. You can find all of the episodes at mavpuck.com, as well as links to all of our social media channels if you want to uh, follow us throughout the season. So, until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs.